It's Wednesday, October 24th, 2018. This is the NBA Podcast with Corey Craig. I am your host, Corey Craig. Let's get it. Last night, there were three games uh, going on in the NBA. Uh, 76ers at the Pistons, Clippers at the Pelicans, and Sacramento at Denver. Most exciting game of the night, in my opinion, was 76ers at Detroit. Uh, no Ben Simmons for this game. Uh, Brett Brown decided to sit him, uh, having some health issues. Uh, good call by the coach. I mean, it's still early in the season. If a guy's having, you know, a little trouble, um, best to sit him now. Then you know, have that injury come up later in the season, and then miss him in the playoffs. And I mean, when you're going into the Pistons uh, and you're going to play them in Detroit, really the Sixers. This should have been a win for them, um, even without Ben Simmons. Uh, but it was a great all-around game. Uh, Markel Fultz leading the show uh, his first time, kind of getting a chance at that with Ben Simmons taking a seat. Uh, had a good game. His shot was dropping, had 13 points, six rebounds, uh, only one assist. Uh, but for field goals, you know, an efficient night, six for nine for him. Uh, I think we need to talk about Blake Griffin, though. Uh, Blake Griffin had a monster game. And is it just me or has been Blake Griffin, has he been working on his handles? He was putting the ball on the floor really well last night. Had a couple ball fakes. Um, looked like he kind of worked on some handles this season. Uh, but Blake went out there and scored a 50-piece. Um, big man numbers. Uh, played 44 minutes. You know, put up a big 50-point game. Uh, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Shot well, 20 for 35. Um, got to the free throw line 11 times. Hit 5 of those. Uh, and only one turnover, um, had the ball in his hands a lot, um, and did really, really well. Um, but this was a close game. Uh, it went to overtime and Blake Griffin won the game on a free throw. So uh, the other night we saw the Lakers lose by LeBron not being able to hit free throws. And this is why practicing those free throws is so important because Blake Griffin got to the line, end of the game, end of OT. Nails it. Um, got the game winner for Detroit. So big game for Blake Griffin. Um, decent matchup for Philly and Detroit as well. They stayed close for most of the game. Uh, you know, when you when you kind of look at the numbers, it's not hard to see why Detroit won. Um, they only had eight turnovers as compared to you know Philly's eleven. Uh, they shot well. Um, neither team really shot that many three-point shots, um, and neither team really made that many three-point shots. Uh, we know that Philly is not a three-point shooting team, um, especially when you have Ben Simmons and Fultz out on the floor. You know those guys aren't going to take a lot of three-point shots. Uh, Detroit definitely had the upper hand, though, when it came to three-point percentage. Um, hit a good... 36% compared to Philly's 33. Um, not a big difference there, but they shot less, made more. So Philly, if you're going to win games, uh, especially games that you should be winning, like this one against Detroit, you need you need to get some three-point shooter. J.J. Reddick cannot carry the weight 
of uh, the three-pointer on his shoulder. I mean, the man, he put up 30 points last night. Uh, J.J. Reddick getting it done. Um, Six for seven uh, from the free throw line. Nine for 21 field goal range. Uh, A lot of just catch and shoot for J.J. Reddick. You know, he's made his bread and butter off that since coming into the league from Duke. Uh, He's always been a three-point shooter. I mean, at this stage in the game, he's always going to be a three-point shooter. Um, Philly was spacing the court really well. Uh, They were getting a lot of guys, you know, moving well. Everyone was passing the ball really well. Um, And I think this just goes to the Sixers organization and allowing Brett Brown to have his time and work with these guys. Uh, Philly, you know, they've really struggled, and we all know the trust the process that's been going on in Philly. but. I think, you know, this model of rebuilding needs to happen more in the NBA because they struggled a lot. There are a couple of seasons, you know, 19, 20 wins in an 82-game season. That's that's tough um, as a fan to endure, as an organization to endure, as a player even to endure. But, you know, they've allowed Brown to have his system work with these guys. A lot of these guys on the Sixers, um, they've been together a long time now, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor pay off. Um, they got to the playoffs last year. They're going to get to the playoffs again this year. They just have to keep working, keep adding. I don't think they're quite uh, ready to be a championship team yet. They definitely need to add some three-point shooters. But last night against Detroit, uh, they played a good game. Obviously not as good as Detroit um, when you have Blake Griffin putting up 50 points. Uh, it was fun to see Joel Embiid talking a lot of trash to Andre Drummond, saying that he couldn't guard him. Um, and, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Embiid had a, a big 33 points, uh, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Andre Drummond struggled, only had 14 points. He did have a massive 16 uh, rebounds, though. So maybe Joel, you know, he uh, <laughs> he can guard Embiid really well, but he can't box out. That well, I guess, is the lesson that we're learning there. But overall, that was probably the biggest game last night, the most exciting game um, to watch in the NBA. Uh, the end of overtime was ridiculous. Uh, Zaza had a crazy steal. Um, and then there was a massive three by J.J. Redick. Uh, hit a big three and then was fouled, four-point play. And then Blake... You know, he hits his shot, gets fouled, goes to the line, wins it on a free throw. Uh, it's always fun to see that kind of thing happen. And we had the Clippers at the Pelicans. The Pelicans are building a defensive machine. Uh, they are playing ridiculously well um, in terms of defense. When you have, I mean, you have Anthony Davis, and there's a lot of talk of him becoming an MVP this year. If he doesn't become MVP, he definitely needs to become Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's a strong case for that that he's already building, and there's no reason as to why, if he continues on with his play, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he had five blocks last night, five huge blocks, uh, and he put up 34 points. So we're seeing Anthony Davis. He's making a case. Um, Is it too early to talk about MVP and Defensive Player of the Year for Anthony Davis? I know. I'm low on Anthony Davis for winning the MVP. But if he does win MVP, I also want to see him win Defensive Player of the Year. It's it's all or nothing for me. Um, I don't want him just to win one. I want him out here winning both. Uh, New Orleans, again, big game. Uh, 12 steals. 
nine blocks, uh, only eight turnovers as compared to the 16 that LA had, uh, and then 64 points in the paint, 15 second chance points. They are going to be one of the best defensive teams in the West, and that's going to what, and that's going to be a catalyst for victory, um, night in and night out. Uh, Clippers, on the other hand, they looked uninterested in playing defense. Uh, they don't really have that many perimeter defenders with the Pelicans and the Clippers. This was a battle of the paint. Um, both teams get into the paint very easily. Um, a lot of driving, a lot of post play, uh, not much in terms of three-point scoring or even three-point shooting. Um, neither team shot over 25 uh, three-point shots. Um, and they both made a low percentage as well. Uh, Los Angeles, they hit five three-pointers. New Orleans, they hit six. This is a tough thing that's going to be for New Orleans in the West. Uh, you have a lot of three-point shooting teams. You obviously have Golden State, that's very good uh, from the three-point line. You have Houston, who's very good from the three-point line. You have the Utah Jazz, who have three-point shooters. New Orleans, they need to get to the three more. They need to hit more shots. I mean, they're undefeated right now. They're 3-0. and and they haven't been leading on their three-point shooting, so maybe they don't need it yet. But when you're playing a team like Golden State and they're just firing threes on you, you can find yourself in a big hole very quick. That is, if Golden State's hitting their threes that night. Uh, we saw them the other night. They shot a lot of threes, didn't make that many. So maybe New Orleans, maybe they do all right with their low percentage of threes. Again, it's early in the season. It's going to be a while before we know for sure what's going to go on with the three-point game. Uh New Orleans and L.A., though, very evenly matched game in terms of scoring. Uh, I was close for most of the game till the Pelicans started to pull away in the third, got a 10-point lead, um, eventually won the game 116-109. to Now, the one question I have from watching New Orleans and L.A. is, will Anthony Davis run into foul trouble if this is the Pelicans' defense? If... Everyone's kind of getting through that first line of a defender and getting into the paint and getting into the post. Is this now putting a huge pressure on Anthony Davis? Played 40 minutes last night. Um, if he's out there for that long, is he going to run into foul trouble? Because if they're getting by, you know, whoever's defending them out on the three-point line, it's now up to Anthony Davis to top them. And yes, he had five blocks last night, but how many fouls is he going to put up per game? Our team's now just going to start driving at him, trying to get him in foul trouble, because if the Pelicans lose, lose Anthony Davis, if he's required to play limited minutes, that's a huge chunk of their scoring. That's a huge part of their defense now gone. I don't know how successful they'll be if that happens. Um, I mean, we haven't seen that yet, and I mean, they do have other players who are able to put up points Nikola Mirotic had 18 last night. Alfred Payton had 20. Um, Julius Randle with a nice 18-point piece game. So there are other people who are willing to put up points, but if Anthony Davis is required to play limited minutes, you're now losing your defensive leader, really your offensive leader. Um, it'll be interesting to see how teams go at the Pelicans this year. Um, Anthony Davis um, on the trend of trash talk last night was saying that Gallinari was too small to guard him, uh, <laughs> um, which, I mean, we did see uh, Anthony Davis just 
demolish Gallinari uh, the entire game. That's why he had his 34 points. Gallinari, though, had a decent game, 24 points, um, looking like he's going to be the leading scorer for the Clippers this year, uh, which will be interesting to see how well they do with him leading the charge. And then uh, late game, we had Sacramento going to Denver. Denver looking to continue their streak um, of undefeated games, uh, which, I mean, they did win the game. They won 126-112. to 112. Denver now 4-0, number one in the Western Conference. And all around, they had a great game. Denver was looking good. They were moving the ball well, a lot of good spacing. Neither team shot that many threes. Uh, kind of an average game there um, with Sacramento shooting 31. But this this game was all Denver, 11 steals, uh, only had 12 turnovers, 72 points in the paint. Uh, that's, the, that's the big emphasis for Denver right now is they get to the paint and they play well in the paint. 72 points, um, ridiculous. Uh, 52% for field goals, 51 of 99. They're shooting well. They're shooting with a decent efficiency. And when you have you know, someone as big as Nikola Jokic in the post, um, he's going to dominate. Uh, but the thing about Denver is it's not just one person dominating. And that's what I like to see with teams like Denver is they don't really have a huge star. Yes, you can make a case that Jokic is a huge star. He's probably going to make the All-Star game this year. But after that, I mean, Paul Millsap, Jamal Murray maybe, um, Gary Harris, who's been playing amazing, but they're sharing the ball well, and you can see that with the points. So no team can really focus in on one guy. Jokic, he had 14 points. Gary Harris, 18 points. Jamal Murray, 19 points. Uh, Paul Millsat, 15 points. Monte Morris, 11 points. Uh, Trey Lyles, 12 points. Mason Plumley, 11 points. Um, Malik Beasley, 11 points. He had a lot of guys in double digits for points here. And that's important for young teams, and that's important for teams that are going to go deep into the playoffs because it makes you way harder to defend. And the beautiful thing, I think, about Denver and the way they play the game is that Jokic is so good at passing and he has such a good mid-range shot that he can take whoever is defending him the other team's center the other team's power forward whoever it may be out of the post which opens up the driving lane for everyone so he can come out and you have to go out and guard him because you know that he can shoot but he's so good at passing too that he finds the open man as they drive to the lane and they're just firing on all cylinders in the lane gary harris again, is on fire. Um, he had a great game against Golden State. He had a great game again last night uh, in this game against Sacramento. Sacramento really didn't have a chance. I mean, they're a young team. They've only won one game so far this season. They're probably going to finish in the very bottom of the Western Conference. Uh, Denver pulled away big in the third um, and started building on their lead. Uh, but Sacramento, I mean, you do have to give it to them. They are a young team, but they look like they're making good decisions. Uh, they were passing the ball well. They were finding the open man. They were looking for good shots. Uh, they're just really young. Um, they're not shooting as well as they can be. Um, but I think Marvin Bagley is going to have a great season. Uh, and no one's really talking about Marvin Bagley in terms of Rookie of the Year, but the man put up 20 points, had nine rebounds and three assists last night, shot nine for 11 from the 
field, uh, one for three from the line. So he's having a great game, had five blocks. I think we need to start talking about Marvin Bagley for Rookie of the Year. Again, we're a few games in, but I'm ready. I'm high on Marvin Bagley, not just because he went to Duke, uh, who I love, but Marvin Bagley's ready. Um, We need to talk about him in Rookie of the Year, and that's what we're going to do right now, and I have to ask. All right, it's time for I Have to Ask. I have to ask, who are the top three contenders for Rookie of the Year? I know it's early, but we have to start thinking about it right now. Um, I think when you look at the 2018 draft class, you have three big players who are the top contenders for Rookie of the Year. You have Trey Young, obviously, for Atlanta. Um, I watched Trey the other night uh, when they were playing Cleveland. He looked good. Um, We all know that he can shoot. I mean, he has great handles. He's already getting the Steph Curry comparisons. But he was also leading that team. He was leading that offense, uh, which for a young player is is hard to do. Um, But he's looking good. Um, As the number five pick, I don't want to say he's a lock for Rookie of the Year, but he's definitely up there as a contender. Then you have Luka Doncic, uh, who plays for the Dallas Mavericks, the number three pick. Again, uh, you might say that he's the most ready. Um, to be in the NBA, uh, played in Europe, um, played professionally in Europe, and then came here. Uh, and when we see players come from Europe, we often see that they have a much more mature game. They don't have as difficult of a time adapting to the North American style of play. Um, he's already been a professional. He knows what it takes. He could be ready to go. Um, and then, as I said previously, you have Marvin Bagley uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Coming out of Duke, number two pick. Um, I think these three guys, and if we have to pick a fourth, yes, I'd say DeAndre Ayton uh, for the Phoenix Suns, the number one overall pick. It's silly not to put him in there, but I'm just not seeing him give what Bagley and Luca and Trey are just yet. It's going to be an interesting ride um, to the finish line. You have three, four. I mean, if we want to keep going, you can put Kevin Knox in there. Um, as well as contenders, but let's just keep it to three for right now um, as the NBA season develops. And I have to ask, do you need to come from a winning team to win Rookie of the Year? I looked kind of through the past few years, all the way back to the um, 2001 season when Mike Miller uh, was the Rookie of the Year. How often does the Rookie of the Year come from a winning team? Now, Miller, who played for the Orlando Magic, they did get to the playoffs, and that's really what we're looking at here. Were they on a playoff team? Um, Miller, yes. Uh, We had Ben Simmons uh, win Rookie of the Year last year. Uh, Again, on a winning team in the 16-17 season, you had Malcolm Brogdon, who won Rookie of the Year, uh, again, on a on a playoff team there. But previous to that, I mean, Carl Henry Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Marco Carter-Williams, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin. These guys came into the league as number one picks, and their team was usually the bottom of the conference, if not the second worst team. Um, Amari Soudermeyer in the 0203 season, uh, when he was drafted by the Phoenix Suns, they did get to the playoffs. Um, Pau Gasol when he was drafted in the 01 02 season by the Memphis Grizzlies. That was a playoff team. Uh, but then you have, you know, Mecca Okafor in the 04 05 season. The Bobcats did not get anywhere close to the playoffs. 
LeBron James in the 0304 season. Um, got close to the playoffs, but not there. Um, but obviously that, that pick paid off for Cleveland. Um, I mean, it is interesting to think about, you know, who's going to win the rookie of the year and if they need to come from a winning team. Statistically and historically, no, uh, they don't. So I don't think Bagley, Donktich, or Trey Young have to worry about that. I think if any team, if any of these three guys are going to be on winning teams, I think it will be Luka on the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think that makes a stronger case for him. Uh, I think that just means he might get a bit more exposure. He may get more votes. Um, but I honestly think it will be Trey Young uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Hawks, no one really expects much out of them this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta just make the playoffs or just be out of it. Um, the East isn't that strong of a conference. Uh, there's not that much, I don't want to say talent, but there's not many teams who are really going to be fighting for spots uh, in the East. There's definitely a few locks. We know the Raptors are getting to the playoffs. We know the Celtics are getting to the playoffs. We know the 76ers are getting to the playoffs. Uh, we can make a strong case for the Wizards getting to the playoffs. The Bucks are getting to the playoffs. But after that, it's really all up in the air. Um, it, it could be anyone uh, from the Eastern Conference. And I don't see why it shouldn't be the Atlanta Hawks. They played well against Cleveland, who, I mean, they're without LeBron this year, but they still have Kevin Love. They still have J.R. Smith. They still have a good team. Uh, not one that plays defense, which we saw the other night when they played Atlanta and Trey Young just ran all over them. But I think Trey Young's going to put up big numbers this season. Uh, I think he's going to have a great first season, and I would be very surprised to not see him win Rookie of the Year uh, this year. And I have to ask, which team will stay undefeated the longest? Uh, so we have a few teams in the NBA right now who have not yet Experienced a loss in the East. We have Toronto four and zero. We have Milwaukee three and zero. Detroit three and zero. And then in the Western Conference, we have Denver four and zero. New Orleans three and zero. So who's going to go the longest without a loss? Let's look at the Toronto Raptors first, who are four and zero, top of the East right now. Um, won four straight games. Tonight they play Minnesota. I don't see why they should lose that game. They've had a day off. Um, you know, their first couple games, um, they had a stretch where it was just game after game after game. They've had a nice rest. They're going into Minnesota. There's a lot of unrest there. Uh, we, is Jimmy Butler going to play? What kind of game are we going to get from Carl Anthony Towns? Is Andrew Wiggins going to show up? Um, we're unsure. I can see them winning against Minnesota. They then play Dallas. That's a win for them. They play Milwaukee where they may see kind of their first struggle, but I think they'll run all over Milwaukee. Then they play Philly, 76ers. Now that could be a struggle for them, um, but they don't really face that difficult of a team. I mean, when you think of the Raptors right now and everything that they have, they have a good inside game. They have a great outside game. Uh, they have great scoring options with, Kawhi Leonard with Serge Ibaka, with Kyle Lowry. They're spacing the floor well. Their three-pointers are like landing. They're rebounding the ball well. I think they could they could push this um, 
undefeated streak to a few more games. Uh, and then we, if we look at Milwaukee, who right now second in the East, the three and zero, they have a little bit of a difficult schedule coming up. I mean, they play Philadelphia, which that's a fair matchup. Uh, they play Philly tonight. So, I mean, we have two undefeated teams already in the East playing. Uh, Philly's coming off a loss. Ben Simmons is probably going to play this game. I see Minnesota losing tonight to the 76ers, so I think their streak is ending tonight. And then you have the Pistons, who are kind of a surprise at an undefeated 3-0, and uh, sitting right now third in the East. Uh, they play Cleveland tomorrow. I think they'll run all over Cleveland. Um, they don't play defense, but then they play Boston on the 27th, and I don't see them getting past Boston. Uh, Boston's hungry for a big win. I think they're going to roll all over uh, Detroit. Pistons are playing at Boston, so Boston's going to have a strong game. I think their streak is ending um, after Cleveland, so the most they're getting to is 4-0. I'm sorry, Pistons. Let's move to the West, where we have the Denver Nuggets. Sitting number one. 4 and 0 undefeated. Um, maybe surprising some people, maybe su- not surprising some others. They play the Clippers uh, tomorrow night. That's a win. Um, I think they're going to roll in over that. And then on the 29th, they play the Pelicans, which <laughs> that's a tough game. Uh, Pelicans and Nuggets, that's going to be a huge matchup. It's going to be a fun matchup. Seeing two uh, post-proficient teams play each other. It's going to be fun to see that one. Uh, I don't see them beating the Pelicans, but also I could see them beating the Pelicans. This one could go either way. I don't think they're extending this past 5-0, though. I think uh, I think they're eventually going to run out of a bit of steam and fall um, potentially to the Pelicans, which the Pelicans are right now second in the West, sitting 3-0. and They play Brooklyn next game. I think that's an easy win. Um, I think Anthony Davis is probably going to put up 40-plus points. But then they play Utah on the 27th, which is a bit of a struggle. I think they could get the win. Um, but that's going to be a game that they're going to have to fight for. So potentially they make it um, past Utah, but then they play Denver, which they may play. And then they have Golden State. In the West, It's you know there's really no easy games, except for maybe when you're traveling to the Eastern Conference. Uh, but the West, you know, there's really no easy easy schedule. So I see them definitely being in Brooklyn. Utah, it's up in the air. I I can't say for sure that they're a lock. So I think out of all the teams that we've looked at so far that are undefeated, the Toronto Raptors have the best chance uh, to go and extend their their winning streak. I see possibly five or six games. Uh, and if you know they make it to six or seven games uh, without a loss, Toronto's just going to lose their mind. Um, and everyone's going to be wearing a Kawhi jersey. Uh, and right now, let's take a look at all the games going on in the NBA. We have a lot of action tonight. Let's take a look. All right, taking a quick look here as we end the show at all the games going on tonight. A lot of NBA action happening. Um, we have Minnesota and Toronto playing uh, early. Uh, Toronto looking to extend their winning streak. Minnesota still trying to figure out what happens. Should be a fun game there. Uh, the game I'm probably going to be most tuned into, though, is the Dallas-Atlanta game. Obviously, have the battle of potential rookies of the year. Um, with Luca and Trey going up against each other. So it's going to be fun to watch that game um, and just see how that pans out. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of talk about the two during the game, and we'll definitely take a look at that tomorrow uh, in tomorrow's episode. Brooklyn and Cleveland playing. That's just going to be a game with no defense. Um, New York and Miami play each other. 
Um, should be an interesting game to see there. Uh, Charlotte and Chicago. It'll be fun to see what Kemba does. Is he going to put up some big scoring numbers? Uh, Kemba, you know, he's, sh- he's showing uh, his value this year. Looks like he's really stepped up. Uh, Utah and Houston, uh, an exciting game there. Uh, potential, you know. Two top four teams in the West, uh, potentially, you know, at the end of the season, two almost playoff locks. It's going to be fun to see how they pan out. Uh, Houston going with no Chris Paul as he's been suspended. Um, How's Houston going to find that? Um, Both teams kind of been struggling a bit to find their footing this season. Um, They each only have one win uh, to their name, Uh, both standing at one and two so far this season. So, both teams still trying to figure it out a little bit. It'll be a fun game to watch. Indiana and San Antonio playing each other. San Antonio, you know, they're generating huge offense. Um, they need to work on their defense a bit. Indiana, they have a great offensive game. We saw that the other night. No problem scoring points. Going to be fun to see how San Antonio's defense works against them. Uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee trying to continue there undefeated streak as they take on Philly Philly on a back-to-back um, hopefully we'll see Ben Simmons tonight um, Giannis off to a great start this season uh, is he going to continue that against Philly are they going to get a win is Philly going to you know come back after that horrible loss last night um, and get a win we'll see Lakers and Phoenix I'm excited to watch that game uh, Lakers still searching for their first win um, they're coming into Phoenix. Phoenix has a win to their name. They do have two losses. Uh, there are some suspensions for LA, so we'll see how they handle that. Uh, last game, they had no problem scoring without Rondo and without Brandon Ingram. Uh, we know that Phoenix can score. I think this game's going to hit 150, possibly 160 points. These teams just love to score, and they hate to play defense. So that'll be a fun, exciting game. Uh, probably a lot of highlights coming from that game. I think LeBron's really going to step it up against Phoenix. I, I would expect a big game from him. I'm thinking 35, 40 points for, for the big man. Then Memphis and Sacramento uh, kicking it off late. Uh, Sacramento, you know, they're they're searching here. Um, they're trying to, to, get, to generate some wins. Uh, Memphis, they're coming in. They have good momentum. Uh, they had a big win the other night. See how that game goes. And then the last game of the night, yeah, Washington and Golden State. Golden State should absolutely destroy Washington. Um, but they're a bit vulnerable this season, we've seen. Um, so we'll see how they do. Um, a lot of small ball there. I expect to see a lot of driving, a lot of points in the paint uh, from both teams. It's going to be an exciting night in the NBA. Uh, see you tomorrow on the NBA podcast with Corey Craig. It's been wonderful. Have a great day. Follow us on Twitter at the NBA podcast one. See ya.